We look at Bitcoin more as like uh, gold and Ethereum more as like oil. We're really the missing features of the cryptocurrency ecosystem as it stands. So the hope with Ethereum, Mastercoin, uh, maybe sidechains, Ripple, these kinds of projects is to deliver platforms to actually start propagating these solutions to the developing world and get them integrated into the modern economy. You are listening to Bitcoin, blockchain and the technologies of our future with Naomi Brockwell. Hi, I'm Charles Hoskinson. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of the Ethereum Project. Tell me a little bit about the Ethereum Project. The Ethereum Project is really exciting. We're having a lot of fun. What it uh, basically is, is we've taken a programming language and married it to a blockchain. And now we're actually building a layer on top of that to act as a, uh, functionally an operating system of the entire cryptocurrency space. Where all of your favorite applications, whether they be Ripple or Open Transaction or your particular wallet, can be installed with just one click. So, I mean, when you say that you're building on the existing platform, how is Ethereum different to the first version of Bitcoin? How is Bitcoin 2.0 different from the original Bitcoin? Yeah, well, we really don't view Ethereum as Bitcoin 2.0, but rather as a continuation of the series of experiments that uh, the cryptocurrency has been conducting over the last five years. So economically speaking, we look at Bitcoin more as like uh, gold and Ethereum more as like oil. We're really the missing features of the, Ether of the uh, cryptocurrency ecosystem as it stands. So Bitcoin is functionally email for money. It's a, uh, it's a ledger that allows people to have consensus about who owns what and a transaction system connected to tokens that are digitally scarce. And what Ethereum is, is it's a gigantic computational engine that allows you to run arbitrary applications. So anything that you'd look at in a server client model, like for example, uh, Dropbox or, uh, or you know, Rackspace's applications, one can actually take those, flip them and run them in a peer-to-peer -peer layer, but now they actually have a token of value associated with them. In this case, Ether, the underlying asset of the Ethereum ecosystem. So in layman's terms, what are some benefits that the average cryptocurrency user can get from using Ethereum? So there's a whole bunch of things that people can do now that they couldn't do with Bitcoin. For example, you can have self-enforcing smart contracts, you can have smart property, but then you can even go a step beyond and start building entire businesses on a blockchain, like decentralized autonomous organizations. There's a lot of foundation work that has to be laid. Uh, we have to really focus on the user experience, particularly the user experience on cell phones and feature phones that are exist in the developing world. But our excitement moving forward is we believe that uh, people can do all their business hopefully within a single ecosystem uh, in a completely transparent, decentralized and fair way. Talk a little bit more about um, when you say an autonomous business platform, what exactly do you mean by that? So what you would do, uh, let's look at Wikipedia uh, or ICANN as an example. So in both cases, you have something that lives for the most part 100% in the internet. Uh, the only part that doesn't live in the internet is this little geography that they have to attach themselves to and they have to agree to a certain set of laws, even though they're a global framework. So our hope is to take that geography and remove it and allow the business, all of its management, its assets, its legal mandates, all of these things to live 100% on blockchain. That's generally the notion of a decentralized autonomous organization. And this can be done in both a for-profit or a not-for-profit manner. You can have many different consensus engines. For example, you can have voting by shares or voting by the community as a whole or restricted voting sets. These, this is an active area of research. And we really, at the Ethereum uh, project, are trying to build a very fertile foundation so that this can be done in uh, many different ways for many different jurisdictions. In addition, we're also putting on uh, the Unidrot uh, contract layer. So our hope is that any legal agreement one makes with these entities that live on, 100 and, uh, live on the blockchain are enforceable in about 150 jurisdictions, about 63 countries, even though they actually don't have a geography. Right. 
Um, Jeffrey Tucker, did you want to ask anything in this interview? Would you like to join? Yeah, I would like to join. All right, let's... Um, um, just to, no, but right. I have to, I'm headed to an interview. All right, but, let's, but, let's but, squeeze but, up. Uh, <laughs> Charles, hi. Jeff. <laughs> it's amazing to see you. You. Listen, are you man in Bitcoin. Oh, this is wow. like a wonderful you're game you're of tennis. Most, you're the most articulate man in Bitcoin. Oh. <laughs> you were wonderful last night. Your talk, it was just yeah. It was, it was so nice. Yeah, do you find that you're more that your impromptu speeches are in, in a way even more compelling than your prepared remarks? Uh, I just go up there and they tell me to talk, and, and I hope I don't screw anything up. The question is, do you find his impromptu speeches more compelling than his I, prepared remarks? I've only heard one speech, and it was impromptu, and it was brilliant. So thank you for that. And thank you for all the work you've done making um, Vitalik's work you know, come to life in a way. Uh, I know that he's, in a way, you know, we need lots of different people. We need, we need geniuses like Vitalik, you know, that sort of code-slinging amazingness that he has. And then we also need... You you know, people that have the, you know, that sort of elan to stand in front of a crowd and explain uh, the revolution that's taking place before our eyes right now. So thanks for your for your work. What happens to the Bitcoin Education Project now that you're so involved in Ethereum? Uh, we have an announcement for that, and hopefully you can be involved in it, but uh, we'll do that at a later date. We're merging with another organization uh, that's going to start doing credentialing and also build degree programs for actual universities in crypto finance. So I'd love for you to be part of that. And in terms of Vitalik, I, you know, the Euler was a great mathematician back in the 18th century and there was an old saying that people would say Euler is master of us all and when I look at Vitalik he really he has that level of, uh, of magic about him he's very young he's incredibly passionate with some experience and skill I think he's going to be the greatest titan in the Bitcoin space yeah it's amazing I watched an interview with him earlier today, and it's just fascinating to watch the way his eyes move, the way his hands move, the way he deals with questions, uh, what amuses him, you know. Uh, he's never rattled, right? Um, an, an amazing personality. I asked him a funny question earlier. I said, okay, so you're 19, you know, uh, what's, what, he's 20 now? Okay. I asked him, I said, uh, what's next for you? How about, how, about, how about school? Would you be interested in that? And he's like... Well, I don't know how that would work out, really. So it's it really is a funny question. Like, what what was a guy like Vitalik going to do in school? He's going to sit in the desk for four day, four years, well, learning from yeah, whom? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that. So uh, two of our research partners, Neil Koblitz and Alfred Menenzies, are actual professors at University of Waterloo, where Vitalik attended. And generally speaking, one becomes a graduate student before they have an opportunity to work with him. He's actually at the point where he's doing research at their level, side by side, as if they were colleagues. And so they're he skipped that stage, and that's why he's the master of us all. <laughs> so he skipped, he skipped, he skipped uh, undergraduate, and it just went and well, uh, to the postdoc. Cryptocurrency research group. You said okay. research agenda. Yeah. You don't get to do that unless you're a billionaire or a uh, or a distinguished academic. So he's uh, he's a, he's a gift to us all, and our hope is that we can implement uh, his vision. I think you're doing it. Your video um, at online at ethereum.org is very interesting. I always like to show that one to people who, who want to know what's next in the Bitcoin space. Mm -hmm. I think it's short, but it's really, really compelling. Yeah. So, and I'm heading to another interview now. Okay. So, um, anyway, I was really pleased to be invited <laughs> in. Okay. Lovely to chat with you. Really, what makes Ethereum special and what makes Ethereum so magical for me is I get to work with some of the best people on the planet. They're really amazing people. And there's this 
incredible diversity from geography to uh, to skill sets to age. And I say it so many times that you know a project is really special when you have young people and you have old people, but the old people are young too. Mm -hmm. That's what really makes the project special yeah. for me. Uh, and I, I'm the luckiest guy in the world to be able to fly around. I've been to six countries in the past two and a half months. Uh, and every place I go, every person I talk to, they have these ideas and they say, can Ethereum help me with that? And I say, yes, but we have to work together to get that done. And we have a partnership right there. And the capital, the resources, and everything else is ready to go. So that's what really makes me excited. And that's uh, why I'm here and why I work so hard. And where do you see Ethereum in 10 years' time? Well, hopefully, I, I, I would hope that Ethereum becomes more like TCPIP or HTTP, something that just fades into the backdrop and nobody really thinks about it. And they talk about the killer applications. Like we talk about Facebook, we talk about Google, Amazon, these services, we don't talk about the underlying technology. So that's my hope for the Ethereum ecosystem is it fades into the backdrop. It's there when you need it, uh, not there when you don't. And it's uh, just infrastructure that enables a fundamental restructuring of the internet and as a consequence, the world. And what do you think is the most important part of this revolution that Ethereum is going to provide? Onboarding the unbanked. Um, everybody keeps talking about how Bitcoin is going to provide this magic for the developing world, remittances, businesses, and uh, and many others. But you, you need a whole infrastructure. You need rule of law. You need decentralized autonomous organizations. You need capacity exchange. You need insurance. And these things are currently not possible within the Bitcoin ecosystem. So the hope with Ethereum, MasterCoin, uh, maybe sidechains, Ripple, these kinds of projects is to deliver platforms to actually start propagating these solutions to the developing world and get them integrated into the modern economy. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I really would hope is for Ethereum to reform education. And this is mm -hmm. really near and dear to my heart. I, I spent a lot of time in academia. So if one could build a proper web of trust where a person's identity can be put onto a blockchain along with revocation rights, then very quickly you can start building a web of reputation. So every time you do business with somebody, you build a reputation ledger. And this, there's examples of this in like Switzerland, for example. They have credit ledger. You do business with people. It's been around for 750 years. And then you also can build a web of credential. So what if when you get a college degree, instead of a college giving you a diploma, they have a signing key and they simply just sign your uh, identity. Mm -hmm. And then this can be done for MOOCs, massive open online courses like Coursera, Udacity, edX, the Sailor Institute, these kinds of things. So when you take something, you get it signed and all of a sudden now we have modular college degrees mm -hmm. that are continuously evolving. They're living in the cloud and they're all free. They're accessible to the entire world. Wow. So this is one of the things that I really hope can uh, can be delivered via the Ethereum ecosystem moving forward. Fantastic. Um, once the 2.5 uh, billion unbankable people in the world are added into the global marketplace, how do you think that is going to change the economic landscape? I have no idea. <laughs> that's that's the fun part. Yeah. I, I can I can argue that it's going to make the world better, it's going to make the world more fair, uh, more transparent. Mm -hmm. But also I think it's going to benefit the developed economies as much as it develops the uh, benefits the undeveloped economies because there's new customers, there's new products, there's new mm -hmm. services, there's new innovation that gets shared. The key is to make sure it's done in an open source way and the key is to make sure that y you have the patience to let these things evolve and grow because you have to build basic infrastructure. So we have to look at mesh nets, you have to build uh, micro universities to train people, you have to make sure there's an economic incentive of layers so that they're actually profitable to deploy or else it's a charity and it's never going to get done. Um, and then also you have to convince the people who are giving foreign aid to redirect the foreign aid into these kinds of channels. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, once it's done, it's just like having 10 new trading partners. You're going to win. Right. Everybody. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. I'm very excited about Ethereum and everything happening in the Bitcoin world. And you're one of the key people making that happen. So thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Okay.
For extra material and any links mentioned in this podcast, please visit naomibrockwell.com. If you'd like to watch the video version, please visit Naomi Brockwell TV on YouTube, BitChute or DTube. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future.